You're listening to Legends Cast, a proud member of the Camp Legend Podcasting Network. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash camp legend. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast Season 4 of the Starter Set. I am one of your hosts, Mark or the Lip from outside of Pittsburgh, PA. And with me today, I have my legendary, never faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. And my eternally optimistic and catastrophically creative co-host, Gibbles and Bits. We're back. It's a new month. It's a new game uh, that we're going to be talking about today. And, uh, you know, after we get done with the true trauma that was Inscription, um, we're, uh, we're trying something fresh and looking at a brighter side of life. Um, and with that in mind, DBN, how you doing today, man? Hey, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, lots of games. I'm, I've been playing lots of games recently, so that's exciting. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a, it's a good time to be, uh, to be gaming, trying out this new game duelist, which we're going to talk about playing, uh, Pokemon Unite. We're playing in a, a 10 week league where like they track your your you play three games uh a week um well like you play one match of three games and they track your wins so it's you know you 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 have like and they're even tracking like player stats throughout the whole thing which is kind of cool to see um so that that's uh that's really exciting we're, we're playing our gibby and i are playing a match tomorrow yeah. uh and then um shoot i guess uh destiny big expansion coming up I guess by the time this episode releases, it will have dropped and I will be yeah. taking that day off work to uh, <laughs> to, to play it. I, I've been needing a mental health day anyways. So uh, I have, a I, you know, we have good PTO policies and stuff. So I'm going to take just a day off in the middle of the week and uh, relax, play some games and stuff. So, yeah. Wow. It's game o'clock. Bro, there's a lot of we did a, a little show for something I do called the roundtable uh, where we talked about the games coming out this next year. And between uh, all like Dia- we talked about this, I think, last episode, episode before, like between Diablo and Tears of the Kingdom and uh, Lightfall and like all there's a ton of really great games coming out this mm-hmm. year. Um, I feel like it's the the backlog of COVID games that are finally yeah, making their way right. to us uh, in many right. ways. When, when does Diablo um, come out? We talked about it like last week or the week before, but I think it's like May. It's or oh, May or man, July. It's not that far. It's not Super that far, excited. honestly. Um, but uh, you know, with us is not just DBN, but also Gibby. Uh, Gibby's here hanging out with us in in chatting. Um, so, dude, how are you doing, man? Welcome into the welcome into the podcast. Yeah, I'm doing well. Happy Friday. The temperatures are rising and my spirits up as well. So uh, things are going well. I've been also heavy in on the games. Can't say I've uh, jumped on the Destiny train yet, despite Ian's want for I, me I to. Keep throwing out the olive. I'm chucking olive branches at and him. It's, I'm and, literally and it's chucking not, them at him. Yeah, he's he's literally pegging me in the face like with olive branches like it's a dodgeball match. And I'm receiving all of them it's if not you can dodge an olive branch you can boot up destiny <laughs> exactly that's that's the moral of the story here and i i do intend to so one of these days i'll actually get my act together and and join him and and get on the train i feel like it's once i get that first session of destiny in like a good quality session then it's yeah. just gonna take over and i'm just gonna be like oh i want to boot up the game all the time yeah now. dude so... once you get like once you get like playing through some of these quests and stuff and, like get into the meat of it and then once you do some like dungeons and stuff with Mark and I, you'll be hooked, dude. You know how it's hard when you know a game has been out for so long and people have insane stuff. equipment oh, yeah. <laughs> and like tactics and like super leveled up characters and you're like running around in this like PVE world. Yeah. It's like it's mentally hard to to get into a game because you're like, why? I don't know if it's worth my time to do it because I'm just going to join the game and just get molly whopped by everybody and their brother who's been playing for the past six months and has so much better everything than me that's really that's how it been, feels at the moment yeah that has never really been i i feel the same way because i came into destiny a long time after it came out and uh and i and then i quit for a year i played it for like two months quit for a year came back to it and uh, i'm clearing end game content without any problem and uh it, i've only yeah. you know i i got back into it in like august uh played it like september october left it for november and december came back 
in like halfway through January and February. Actually, not even that, like halfway through February. And uh, I'm caught back up. So it did it not is, take you is... long. Like if you play the campaign, whatever the most recent campaign that comes out is, it will get you up to the level that you need to be like, yeah, you won't have all of the options everybody has who's unlocked all of the gear, but you'll be able to play with them at the same level. Yeah, it doesn't take too long. Destiny does a good job about that. Um, you know, in between expansions is where it gets dicey. But if you come in with an expansion, there's no better time to join. Yeah, well, welcome to Legends Cast, where we peer pressure our host to play games. It, it will get there. It that we're not there. podcasting about. No, no. Yeah, and that turns <laughs> out next I month is just going to be Destiny. To be persuaded. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, but I, yeah, we're as you mentioned, we're playing in the PUCL, the Pokemon Unite Champions League, um, which is that weekly kind of league for for that. I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. I jumped on Duelist Two, which we're going to be talking about today, and I've been loving that game too. Um, and yeah, it's just the, the sporadic gaming time that I do have has been filled with things that I have really enjoyed. So I haven't haven't been playing stuff from was like, mm, that's this. This is this is kind of fading on me. So, yeah. And hey, guys, we squeeze in Legends cast recording episodes now between uh, work schedules. And so uh, it used to be, hey, we get on Monday night, we could talk for five hours if we wanted to. And that's no longer the case. Um, so uh, we're going to dive in here because. Uh, Destiny is a game that you would be playing a little bit of catch-up in, but let me tell you a game that you won't be playing a lot of catch-up in, and that game is Duelist 2, because Mm -hmm. it has just recently come out. Um, I'm going to give a couple of quick little things about Duelist 2, and then we're going to dive into our first episode. We're going to just talk about new player experience, and the cool thing is, is it is as much a new player experience as you're going to get, because A, it's a new game, and B, none of us played Duelist 1, um, and we've all started playing Duelist 2 this week. I think I have five hours in Duelist 2, I'm guessing you two have probably less than that, um, a handful of hours each. Is, yeah, I don't yep. know. I'd have to look, yeah. but it can't be long. Yeah. So a couple things I learned about Duelist 2. before we, So Duelist 1 was a game that was loved, but really hard to balance. Um, and I actually know a couple of things about that now and the reasons why. Um, and then Duelist 2 came out. It's done by a different game publisher and was actually revived on Kickstarter by the fan base. And the entire game has been designed inside of a browser so that you can actually play this game on Steam or on browser, which is interesting, like in and of itself, the way that they actually designed the game. After uh, the fans brought it to Kickstarter to get rebooted, it did get rebooted. I don't know if it got picked up by a publisher or they established a publishing company. I don't know the details about that, but it's done by a new game publisher now. Um, different than what it was done in Duelist 1. Um, it's recently kind of been launched within the past month or so and has a pretty stinking loyal fan base. Um, we'll get into like the game itself and things like that, how it works, because it's it's basically a card game with uh, one big difference between it and what you would see with other classic, typical card games. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's like good to jump in and just talk about like your first experiences when you like actually just booted up the game. Like how was that experience for you? And DBM, we'll start with you. Like you jumped into Duelist. We all started playing it this week. What was that initial booting it up experience like? Yeah. So um, outside of, you know, setting up your account and everything, you're pretty much just immediately dropped into like a very super basic tutorial um which will you know show you uh give you give you access to the the first faction and there's i think eight factions or six six eight something Um, like that yeah hold on i will find out right now six factions uh six and and neutrals and then neutral cards right but um and you're immediately dropped onto what looks like a, a chessboard a grid and uh, you learn how to maneuver your general, which uh, effectively operates as a, a minion that you can control, but also as your health bar. And so when your general dies, you lose. And they quickly teach you the very basics of moving around the board, summoning new things from the cards in your hand, and then say, OK, you want to know more? Just go start playing against the computer. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a very bare bones tutorial. Which uh, I'd actually maybe it maybe I'm uh, too prideful, but I didn't I don't mind it. I don't like when a tutorial takes forever. Um, so from the idea of getting dropped in, like 
you really are sort of thrown in and, and they do say like, yeah, go play against a computer a few games, but yeah, it's pretty much learn at your own pace there outside of the very basic like concepts. Um, the art style is this really neat um, sort of pixel based art style. So like, mm-hmm. you know, 16 bit or eight bit, you know, yeah. um, art style. Uh, but of course the cards are like moving around and sort of animated um, in, a, in a sort of unique way. And it really feels like a, it is a choice. Like it is, uh, that like is the aesthetic. That, yeah. Huh? Like it feels a little bit like hollow chess from star Wars to me. It, it does. Yeah. The way yeah. They move yeah. And like, even their movements feels very hollow chessy from, yeah. uh, you know, episode four or five or whatever you see the chessboard in. Yeah, it reminds me of StarCraft, like OG StarCraft is what it reminds mm. me of, where like, you know, you've got these cool monster looking things, but there's really not a lot of detail on it because of the, the limitations of the graphics at the time. Because at the time, you know, it was like, oh, wow, like when StarCraft 1 came out, it was like, oh, these are really cool and this is really pretty graphics and stuff. But of course, now, you know, StarCraft 2 and even more, you know, after that, it, it's like they can get even these small units on the field can get hyper detailed. And right now you know, they're sort of throwing it back. And so the, the biggest thing I do feel is StarCraft vibes. Like that's the number one thematic thing that I feel with it. Um, but I have only, like I said, only played a couple hours. They have a cool challenge mode, which was helping me sort of learn some of the more deeper mechanics. And then um, played a couple of my first few games in uh, against real people, which was fun. So first impressions are, uh, just get right into it. <laughs> Just get yeah. right into it, you know. Yeah, I mean, they really do. They toss you in right away. Um, yeah, Gibby, how about you, man? Like, what did your first impressions? Like, you know, jumped on, booted up the game. Um, what was kind of like your okay? Well, taking it in. What was those first first thoughts, first impressions? Yeah, it was similar to to DBNs. Is I played the the kind of the basic tutorial, and then they kind of dropped me in, and I was like, okay, great. I get to explore now. I get to kind of look around this game and try to figure out like what's going on around me and and who knows maybe for me it takes a little longer to kind of figure out what I'm doing than maybe it would some other people who have a little bit more experience in these kinds of 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 games but um I started being able to relate it back to some previous games that I've played like it, it had elements kind of pulling from all different sorts of like experiences that I I had that I was recognizing I was like okay so this part's like Hearthstone and this part's like Legends of Runeterra, and I was I was able to kind of put some of that together. Probably the biggest piece for me that's new is the battle map piece, uh, and mm-hmm. and the kind of the positionings of, of of all my different minions and my my commander, and trying to figure that out. But um, played a lot of the early challenges and was kind of just exploring, um, looking at the different currencies and trying to figure out kind of what how you collect each of those and what you do. I was like, what the heck is a spirit orb and, and trying, trying to <laughs> yes. utilize yeah, the spirit orbs. And um, I got to be honest, I immediately saw redeeming a spirit orb and like that you get the little like kind of shards that kind of pop up and then you get to click on them and like reveal cards. And I immediately thought of Mark. I was like, this is this is a very Mark centered like reveal kind of mechanic that i think he would enjoy i started looking at all these things i'm like, okay ian would like that and mark would like that mm. um so that that was kind of my experience we've become predictable <laughs> oh i don't want to say predictable i just know you guys better <laughs> sure sure fair Absolutely. enough you know um, what we're looking for in games but i i really love the the art here um i think the interface in a lot of the menus and there's there's a lot to explore and we'll talk about it but Gosh, there's some things that we've talked about in other games that we wish it had, and I can't help but I'm finding a lot of that in in certain aspects in duels too. Um, a cool part of it that I I have yet to explore, but um, I saw was the little codex area where you mm-hmm. can go through and look at all of the lore. If you guys hadn't popped into that, you basically uh, you you click into the little codex uh, option at the very bottom of the main main items in the menu, and it says explore the history and lore of Duelist. Which I don't know for me that helps me and in, get more invested in a game when I know a little bit more on the route like the actual lore and background of like what I'm looking at, and you unlock the lore by playing. So I thought that was really cool, a kind of a cool easy mechanic where they're like, I'm not trying to gate you from learning about the game, but play some more games and you can learn about the whole history dating all the way back. I would imagine through duelist one 
of all these different factions. So just a cool little, cool that, little aspect I liked. Yeah, that's something I did not notice or or even see in there, honestly. I did not realize that there was like a, a lore button of any type. I, mm-hmm. I didn't dive into that. So, I mean, just jumping in, my first impressions, we've sort of talked about this a little bit. We knew about this beforehand, but this is sort of like a chessboard combined with a card game, right? Like, um, if you would equate this to a game like Hearthstone, because I think it's easy to draw some comparisons between this and Hearthstone, um, you have your main guy, your general, very similar to your health pool and um, attaching weapons and equipment to yourself in Hearthstone if you're playing, you know, a hunter and you attach a bow to yourself, whatever. Um, and then you play minions onto the board, but instead of these being, you know, a linear, like across left to right the board and you're playing that the positioning made it makes a big difference because you're actually putting these characters onto the chessboard as you summon the minions and play the spells and then you are able to control them to move them and attack things every round which adds an entirely different dynamic to a card game which i think makes this a little more akin to maybe what we would call a card battler than a card game strictly although it it isn't it isn't a card battler in the form of like I think uh, Clash Royale, which I think is what most people think of when they think of card battler. It is it is closer to a traditional digital competitive card game than it is to a game like Clash Royale. But there definitely is like battling and card gameplay that's going into this. Um, I, I will agree with you, uh, DBN, in the fact that we I mean, we were going to talk about the tutorial separately, but I think it's it tosses you in and out of it so quickly that. It really is your first, like, oh, okay, yeah, here's the tutorial. Um, this is how you put people on the board. This is how you click the attack button. This is how you win the game. Hey, have at it. Um, and that's that's about it. Like, they don't really show you a whole lot more. They're not like, hey, this is how you craft cards. Hey, this is the button you click on to build a deck. Um, hey, here's another two, here's a mechanic from each faction that you should learn. Um, they're just like, have at it and oh by the way we'll we'll put some like we'll like highlight this button that maybe you should click this button but you don't have to um and that's really it like i was in a pvp match way before i wanted to be um and i'm not saying that was a bad thing i don't love Did it you when card it? games uh i don't think so i don't love it when card games bar me from getting to the actual game too long that right. was one of my only complaints with the tutorial of snap right. was that I played against opponents for the or uh, you know NPCs Bots, for the first yeah. two days, yeah, uh-uh, mm-hmm. of playing that game. And this game doesn't do that to you at mm-hmm. all. Not at um, all. you know, I'm not a big eight bit art style type of dude. Um, but I will say within about within about two games, it stopped bothering me. Um, I was kind of fine with it. I I I kind of liked it. Um, it you know. I think there's still, I mean, there is still artwork in the game, right? Your general still has artwork that you kind of see in the loading screens and the win loss screen. And um, the artwork is like very massive darkness. If you played that board game, it's like really over the top, like your general and stuff are like, and it's pretty clear that you have like, you know, these different factions and and things. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, like my initial impression, especially as I got past the tutorial and came into the interface was like, A, it's clean and B, yeah, I, I'm not saying it's dated, but it it feels like a digital card game from a handful of years ago. And we've seen some innovation in the space in terms of opening screen and stuff that are when I think about like your initial experience with Marvel Snap versus your initial experience with this game, I feel like I'm going back five years when I stepped in. To the initial experience of this game versus Marvel Snap, which felt very fresh in terms mm. of first player experience. Um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that was kind of like my my first gut instinct in my first impression. It feels intentionally minimalist, like a little bit. Like we're not going to over over engineer a bunch of things in the interface or or in within kind of the game and the and the art style where that 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 it's going to blow we're going to try to blow you away with those certain pieces of it but we want the gameplay to speak for itself we want it to be a competitive game and the way the nature of you taking your turns and you actually playing against somebody we want that to be the highlight not necessarily like the card art or or 
the collections or things like that. Like we want, we want the game to be the focus. Yeah. Now the, I, because the community for duelist is small um, throughout the two streams that I've done, I've had top 20 players in each of my streams. Um, Hmm. So people who are really committed to duelist because that's, you know, the game they play in a community small. Um, And so I've gotten a little bit of insight. I mean, the game is in beta, um, which every game is in beta, but um, this one's in beta, but that does mean that there is a draft mode, like an arena draft mode coming. Oh, that's cool. That just hasn't been released yet. And I think that could be, so there will be like other buttons, I guess, in time. Like there's not right now. It's just kind of like a play button, collection that's button. That's good to know. And a store button. Um, I, I don't know. Did you guys go in and explore? Because one of the first things I did was click around the store and just like click mm-hmm. the different buttons. Did you guys click around the store? Like what were your thoughts on? at least initially the the store i mean i think it seems i don't know you know what i'm i'm in here right now here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go and see how much shards cost let's take a look yeah you can get that's the first best question to ask you can get 100 shards for a dollar yep and what does an average skin bundle cost 34 dollars right they are not shy about making you pay for things if you want cool cosmetics. So it seems like they're not they're not trying to make it super free to earn a bunch of the kind of the cool variations in cosmetics. They definitely want to get their bang for their buck in the store for people who want to pay for that sort of stuff, probably targeting kind of a loyalist market that knows the characters or knows mm. certain factions that have favorites and really wants to style out on some people. Um, I'm not sure I've run into a single person, probably the 20 games, 25 games that I've played that had a skin on anything yet. I don't think so. I'll say this. The shop felt very 2013. I mean, it's like here, buy packs. Here is shards, right? Like you've mm-hmm. been and you use these shards to get packs, to get more cards. Um, it felt very much like um I mean, it felt very Hearthstone to me in that way, in terms totally of like agree. it's, uh, yeah, in terms of its model for the store. The thing that I think was a, a pretty substantial miss was they could have had $5 from me because I will go into these games and I will buy the starter pack to support the game, a free game. But the the starter pack um, costs 100 shards more than what you get for $5, which forces you to get the starter pack, like the intro welcome pack that has some packs of cards in it, some spirit orbs in it, um, that you had to spend $10, which would give you roughly twice the number of shards that you needed to buy the starter pack. And I thought that was a miss because if they had put the starter pack at that $5 mark, like, hey, here's, you know, if you buy $5 in charge and get the starter pack, the welcome pack, I would have bought it because I, I'm willing to throw five bucks at a game that I'm I'm playing for a month and check it out. Um, and the fact that they intentionally priced that starter set at a hundred shards more than their $5 price point in the shop, I was like, nah, bro, like you're not going to get $10 from me. Um, when you could have just priced this so that I could have spent five bucks on it easily. It just seems yeah, you have to make two transactions. You have to make a $5 transaction and then a $1 transaction in order to have enough to get this or one ten dollar transaction which gets you 500 more shards <gasps> yeah yeah it seems um look here's the thing i'm trying to be not be too harsh on it because at the end of the day it's a free game right like i'm trying to like sure. give it the benefit of the doubt but you're right it does feel hearthstoney um and i guess the i'm gonna just play devil's advocate i guess when you know that you have a small market share you you price things up for the people that you know will buy it, right? And it's like, hey, you know, uh, we're not going to be able to keep this afloat with a super low entry-level price point like Runeterra, where Legends of Runeterra can literally just throw things at you for free because what matters to them more is their IP and that people mm. are blogging in and playing and getting connected to their other projects. I'm more and more convinced that like Legends of Runeterra, while I'm sure it makes some money, the biggest value is literally brand awareness for their League of Legends and all of the, you know, Arcane and all of those other projects that they're doing that really pull in the capital. When you have something like this, a smaller project, 
it you do have to find a way to make a profit and i think that i don't care about that from the cosmetic side of things what's going to dictate to me whether or not and i think that we will probably dive into this in much more detail um next week yeah uh when Mm -hmm. we sort of you know dig into it deeper and sink our teeth into the cards and stuff is to determine how much does it how much time slash resources does it cost me to make a good uh deck right and i don't know enough about the game yet to determine that but i do know you know there are ways to pull in gold to get a pack just like hearthstone but it it does seem like the pacing of getting new packs is about like hearthstone and if if it is corollary one there a day one every other day well yeah every other day and if it's a if it's a correlation there i would tell you like hey hearthstone was not uh you know new player friendly when it comes to monetary x time uh you know investment so yeah um now it, from new you know just playing this week uh as a new player you can level up each faction and those factions do give you pretty generous resources i i I will mm-hmm. talk about this in depth next week. At least in my first five hours, I've been pretty happy with the clip at which I've been able to craft cards because a lot of the cards that are very powerful are commons, um, it seems, in this in this game. And so I've been able to put together a couple of lists that I felt, I, I mean, I know I'm not endgame competitive, but at least where I'm at in the ladder, okay, yeah, the, the, they felt very strong. They felt mm-hmm. good. And... Yeah. And I've been able to do that with the resources that they've awarded me so far. Um, I want to make sure, Gibby, you were going to jump in there, but I want to make sure we touch on two other things after after you you're done. No, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I I think there's not a whole lot of guidance as to what to craft, so you really have to be careful about that. But I I have felt like I've been able to explore, and I mean, after one game, I can think of like one practice game of beating each faction, you unlock that faction. Mm-hmm. So like there's, or even if I don't even know, I kind of just went down the list. So yeah, I was like unlocking the factions in order as I was beating them. But I don't know if you, if you queued against a practice games against the same faction five times and it was just, you have to win practice games. If you then unlock each faction, I don't know. Anyway, you, you get the factions pr- opened pretty easily, which allows you to explore the full like breadth of the game, which I think is, um, which I think is cool. Like, I, I think that was a good addition on their part is to not make it hard to play the different, the factions you mm-hmm. just, you, you unlock them pretty early. So two things, this game has a linear mana style, very similar to Hearthstone, Elder Scrolls, Legends, Legends of Runeterra, um, that I'm sure there's ways to manipulate that. And there are some on the board, but basically every round you'll get one additional mana that you're able to spend. Um, from my experience, I don't know that that caps. Maybe it does. Uh, feels more like Elder Scrolls Legends and the fact that you're just going to keep getting more resources to be able to play cards with. The two things that I wanted to make sure we touched on, and I was curious about your experience, is two mechanics that are in the game is that you don't draw until the end of your turn and you always draw two cards mm-hmm. instead of one. So you, your hand is typically relatively full. And the other thing is, is you have this replace mechanic, which once per turn, you can take a card from your hand, shuffle it into your deck and draw a new card. Um, which is <laughs> pretty interesting. And I mean, you both can do it, but it's pretty generous in terms of being able to try to dig for the cards that you want and you're trying to get out of your deck. Um, I found those to be the only, other than the board, those being the only two sort of unique things that this game was doing that other card games don't do in my experience, which is the draw two at the end of your turn and, and replace. DBN, um, what do you think about, like, what was your experience with that? Because I thought that was an interesting direction to go. Yeah, so I think that what you really have to do is split up. Um, th- this is similar, you know, we just talked, finished talking about Inscription. Inscription was a card game, uh, but also a puzzle game, right? It's two things mm. mashed together. This is a card game and a board game mashed together. That's what it is. It, it, yeah. it is half board game, right? But, uh, and really, I, I was talking about this to my dad, uh, and... Uh, I was sort of trying to explain it to him because, you know, he was curious what we were going to cover next. Uh, And I was saying, you know, really, it's actually not a card game. It really is a digital board game. It just Mm -hmm. has cards. And the way that you and the way that you progress in the game from a collection standpoint is in the form of unlocking new pieces, which are shaped like a card. Um, So from a from a like uh, an outside of the game perspective, it's it's a it's a card game because you have to collect the pieces to build new decks and whatever but once you get in the game 
it's much closer to a board game you bust out with your friends, right? Um, uh, around a table. And so that's kind of cool. Uh, but I think that if you, you need to divorce, like what's innovative on the board side is like a lot. There's not a lot of digital games out there that do these sort of grid based tactics and the way that they choose to implement them, especially when it comes to like spacing uh, new characters. And there's a lot of like, I, it feels very chess like, um, and I'm not a, mm-hmm. a great chess player, but I do ca- enjoy casually like thinking about and, and I'll play chess with people in real life. I don't like playing online chess. That's a nightmare. But, you know, in real life, playing chess and like exploring some of that, I do some I like read articles about pro chess and I think it's interesting and I don't understand it, but I think it's interesting. But like, you know, the idea of like when you move your general around, you recruit characters, you, you have to recruit a character that is adjacent to something else that you already have, which makes your ability to like, you you can't, it's not like you just are constantly bringing things in in your row and advancing them forward and charging them at people. It's not like checkers. It's like chess. Like you're, you're, you can literally over the course of two or three turns, dive all the way to the back of their starting zone. And there's some really unique mechanics in that, that like I've been exploring myself where like you have cards with infiltrate where if it's on their starting half, they get bonuses, you know? Um, yeah, there's some really, really cool uh, components there. But um, from the card game perspective, yeah, I guess I'd say you're right, Mark. From the purely card manipulation perspective, it's very Hearthstone-y. Um, it's very, you know, you have scaling mana system, one every turn, you know, just like uh, the ring in uh, Tessel or the coin in Hearthstone, you have some mana offset stuff, which is placed on the board, which I think is cool. So, like, if you're able yeah. to manipulate that through some really mm-hmm. heavy early game, um, or if you outposition an opponent, you can snatch it away from them. But it's scaled such a way to like even out the mana progression and the advantage of going first and second. Um, I couldn't tell you because I'm not a pro if it's effective or not, but it seems at surface level to do that. But um, you're right. Drawing two cards and the replace function, basically getting a free mulligan every turn, is you very unique amongst card games. And what it does is I think that it's it's a necessary function of you would hate to not have enough things to do on a board-based game. Um, mm. And drawing multiple cards per turn like offsets the uh, an early tempo advantage, where if you have an early tempo and you draw the wrong card and you can't counter it, which uh, I, that did happen to me one time, but I, I went, in the games I've played, I've played against a lot of like people playing very, very up-tempo fast decks. Um, whereas I, I like, I was trying to play some of the big, cool legendary cards that I randomly pulled and they're expensive. So I was like, I want to play that card. I'm going to do be Timmy for a little bit while I learned the game. Um, and I kind of was realizing like, wow, um, that early game tempo would be unstoppable if not for the fact that I have three chances to get an answer every turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, it, it raises in a 40 card deck you're playing your cards onto the board it's it, it there's because there's a lot of uh there's a lot of situations where where like a card would like a card that might be viable in every situation in another card game because of the board based situation that you're in there are lots of situations where cards are viable in one situation because of the board state and not viable in a situation because of the board state which lowers the consistency of the cards that are in your deck but the fact that you draw two at the end of your turn and you can mulligan one every round um, seems to greatly increase the consistency of what your deck wants to do. So you can more reliably actually get the cards that you want to get to. Um, and uh, I've, I've enjoyed that about it. Like I think I frequently would forget about the replace function. I would just get so focused on the board that I would forget to replace. And I kept having people in the chat, like yell at me, Hey, replace first, replace <laughs> And I would just like, I would just completely forget about it, but it is true. Like, I think that that mechanic is certainly one that you want to take advantage of as frequently as you're able or as frequently as it makes sense, because it is, it's a pretty substantial part of the game that replace mechanic. Um, And I like that you draw two cards. It just felt like you always had options. You know, you have a six card hand limit. So like, you know, once your cards, once your hand is is full, you know, you're not going to be drawing two cards a turn anyway. It just felt like, the game kept a pace, whereas mm-hmm. sometimes card games sort of stall out and you get to the, well, we're just top decking to see who wins. It felt less like this, like yeah. less like that in this situation because you were constantly getting a lot of resources 
and frequently more resources than you could play in a turn, you know? Yeah, which kind of, to Ian's point, benefits the idea of seeing a lot of up-tempo is because you're almost falling behind or you're losing a little bit of resources. Um, it's, it's, like, it's like resource management a little bit. Like it's, if you don't, if you're trying to hold on to assets or hold on to certain cards because you're like, oh, I might need that on a turn later, but and you've got five cards in your hand and ending your turn, you only draw one. Well, you kind of just lost out on what you could have played on board. Like you do, you got to utilize that drawing two cards every turn and the replace in your favor by it's okay if you end up like getting up to six cards like in your hand after every turn but you're gonna draw two so like don't be afraid to play stuff early is kind of the lesson i learned pretty early on but um yeah it just feels like it's important to kind of balance just pulling things from from your deck and and utilizing that um that's kind of switch out button uh trying to pull something else that replace button the thing I like about the replace button in this is it feels about like the only part of RNG that's in the game right now, <clears throat> at least from what I've experienced. Like there, none of your cards are like, Oh, hit a random enemy on the board for three for, for three damage. Or it's, it's not, Oh, drop this minion anywhere on uh, drop this minion anywhere randomly on the board. Like, everything is very intentional and it's very like chess. Like it's very calculated. Mm. I think maybe is one of the biggest pieces that makes me kind of feel like it's chess is that there is no RNG outside of what two cards you draw at the end of the turn. And then you replacing something out of your hand, which is not RNG that's intentional, but what you get back uh, in your hand. It's very skill expressive. In fact, it's yeah. I, this is one of the most skill expressive quote unquote card games I've ever seen. I think myth guard is also extremely skill expressive. Um, but yeah, that that's really cool. And I've seen yeah. a small amount of RNG, but it's very limited. It was mm-hmm. like, uh, I, I had one where it was like every time they had a, a equipment that said every time their opponent, uh, their general damage something, they summoned a 1-1 in a random adjacent square. Mm. That was it. But like, yeah. that is extremely contained. It, felt more, it feels more flavorful than intentional to be like you know because it's like yeah. like i think that's the chaos like eldritch faction mm-hmm. if i remember because i think i saw that yes, myself one time and like that yeah. makes from a that's a thematic thing like oh who knows where this ra- random imp will pop up you know like okay like it's, but you're right uh but i was gonna say give you're right like it is uh it, there's not a ton of rng in it and ian i agree with you as well it is pretty skill expressive like it's very dependent on that um and i was outclassed a couple of times in pvp because i just didn't understand the positioning well and what's really interesting is outside the game you're right it feels like a card game you're collecting cards cracking packs building decks Mm -hmm. inside the game it feels like a board game and even the people in my chat were like you will learn pretty quickly that the the majority of this game is positioning and that is that's a board game that's a board game yep. mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not a card game mechanic <clears throat> or emphasis. One thing. So let's let. Oh, good. Good. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, one thing I wanted to just quickly highlight from a new play. This is like, and it's weird. This isn't really a new player thing, but it is something I look at as an experience, like card gamer is, um, and, and I, this will bleed over, I think a little bit into like maybe some of the later weeks where we talk about like the interface and stuff like that. You can tell. This game was built by card gamers for card gamers. It has all of the bells and whistles that a card game player could want. It has deck codes. It has an in-game watch button so that you can connect not just with like approved streamers or whatever. You can see games currently going on by rank, watch them live and it'll connect you, you know, to, you can watch the game in game. You can also find a live stream. You can see replays of S rank. That's I guess the top uh, games and like what decks they were playing. You can go into your existing matches. If you go to your profile and you click on match history, you can take a look at the matches you just played. You can see a deck code for your opponent. And then you can immediately go and click the share button. If you want to send a link to that match, have somebody else watch it because there's also a replay functionality. So you can watch your own game back see the mistakes you made, see the things you could change. It has a crafting system. It has, you know, Gibby mentioned this earlier, but I, I, th- I just wanted to, to you know, um, 
you know, just plus one that I suppose, which is the codex is really neat so that it's like, but it's, it's like set aside. You have to go looking for it. It's not going to clutter things up. If you go into the settings, you have all sorts of obviously like visual settings and whatnot. Uh, you can turn on the legacy soundtrack. That's like a cute little thing. I'm excited to try and listen to the old soundtrack. You can have change the player tips, player details. So if you want to see how many cards are remaining in their deck, you can turn some additional information on. Um, you know, you can change your username at any given time. Like you can stop people from spectating. Like there's just so much in there. All of these things. If you go to build a deck, you can import deck codes and, um, it's thorough stuff that takes, yeah. Stuff that takes a lot of other card games when they launch, you don't get it till year two. Yeah. Right. And, and everybody's sitting there. Oh, and you, when you go and build a deck, this is something Tessel literally never did. You literally were never able to arrange decks in Tessel until maybe right at the end in the way that you wanted to arrange them. Same with uh, Hearthstone took forever to implement these things. You can go in and you can build a deck and then you can like mark it with color so that like, you know, okay, I want to, you know, have my own sort of way of ordering this. And then when you go into playing a match, you can go and it'll show, you know, it'll if you go to season ladder, you can go through your decks and you can go to the settings and sort them. You know what? I only want to to pull up the custom decks I made that I, I have a certain color for the decks I want for ladder, or I can sort them by the faction and you can go through and all your custom decks. You can quickly sort through by whatever sort of, you know, organizational method you want. Uh, they did a really good job of, yeah, the bells and whistles. They're all here. They're trying to make it a highly accessible, uh, but also, um, you know, competitive friendly and give the the competitive community everything they could want to take this game as seriously as they want to take it. Which Very I cool. think it makes sense, right? In in how skill intensive the game appears to be yeah. and in how like the lack of RNG that is in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that just makes a lot of sense, right? Like yeah, I I mean the all of those bells and whistles kind of you kind of want them to be there they kind of need to be there so um okay let's close with this what what is what is one thing you think they've just done really really well in your first experience and what is one thing you think in your opinion is a miss and and i can start i i can start um i i think the one thing that they've done really really well is they made a pretty polished interface for me i feel like the interface is done really well and i feel like um, it has been an enjoyable experience getting into it. And there wasn't a bunch of hindrances or a lot of like the indie card games and stuff, man, you get into them and there's just a lot of stuff between you and actually figuring out what the heck is going on. Um, it was very easy to find what the keywords did. It was very easy to understand it. It was relatively easy to figure out how to craft cards, build your collection, open packs, build stuff. I felt like the ease of walking into it was there. Maybe that's because I'm a card game player but they didn't put a bunch of hindrances in between me and actually playing the game. Loved that. Um, the thing that I think that they missed, it's two things. One, I do think the shop, that that small thing with the shop is a miss. My other thing is the generals, you have three of them for each faction and they're strictly cosmetic. Um, I was told that the reason for that is because Duelist won the primary problem with uh, with balance was that each general had a unique ability. And that was one of the things that hurt the game substantially. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I think all that I'm doing is choosing a cosmetic for my general seems almost silly. It all like, why do I yeah. have three of them? Why did we take time to make the artwork? If they're, if it's just purely cosmetic, I like, imagine I that's feel a like... throwback to the, they wanted they, no, you, they didn't want to take away the ability to, you know cosmetically play their favorite general from the first game but i totally agree and i kept expecting to see them be like okay now that you've learned the generals actually do different things and they never did that i was like yeah "Hmm, okay yeah and i asked and it 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 doesn't exist so i felt like that was the miss and and the thing that i really liked was just the overall you know interface and and experience of getting into the game i thought was really positive gibby how about you man what was uh one thing you thought they did really well one thing you think they missed here with your first experience um, I'm going to agree on the shop thing a little bit. Um, I'm not that I'm going to go spend a bunch of money in the shop anyway, but, um, I thought that was a little bit of a miss. I wish they had explained a little bit more about current, the currency and how to craft because it is such an integral part of, um, <clears throat> it is such an integral part of like being able to create a deck. That's not the starter deck. 
and you're getting these orbs and earning all the gold and all that. And they don't really talk to you about any of the crafting system. We're familiar with it because we kind of are able to suss it out because we've seen similar games that have similar crafting systems. So we kind of knew what we were looking at, but that's not the case for everybody. I would have liked them to explain the currencies and what they do and what you can Mm. trade all your currencies in for, for certain materials or certain, or how to get cards. The thing that I think they did really, really well in this is in amongst the interface, you have a lot of different options as to how to play the game or how to also how to learn. You can learn through the challenges. You can learn through jamming games against the computer. You can jump right into the ladder and get get your butt kicked a bunch of times or maybe even we, we uh, work out some games if you want to. Or you can go watch content. Or I thought one of the coolest things was there's a sandbox mode where you can like play against yourself to like see how strategies would work out and like really refine your high level play. So it's accessible amongst a lot of different skill expressions and just different skill levels, which I don't think every game can say. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I, we didn't even talk about that sandbox mode. Technically, I didn't click on it, but I thought that was a very unique button to see. I was like, that's kind of cool. That's actually kind of cool. I'm yeah, not, like you're I'm like, not if far I draw into the game to get like, you're like, if I draw room. into this pattern of cards, turn one, turn two, turn three, and I position them here against this faction who does this mechanic really well, how does that fare out? Do they have an answer to be able to stop that? Or what are, what are, what are the answers to that to look out for? So like, it's, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, DBN. One thing you think they really hit, hit on and one thing you think they might've missed on. Um, well, okay. So I'll just, uh, so I agree that the UI and everything I said earlier, um, about like the, the, all the tools that they give you right out of the gate. And I guess this has been out for two, three months, right? Like that's very impressive. Um, and you know, big budget games Runeterra didn't have this stuff when it launched hearthstone definitely didn't you know um and there's still some things that i imagine probably hearthstone and those don't don't have like in-game match replays and all that crazy stuff like that's pretty impressive um i think the miss for me uh is the shop i would have liked to have been like let me take a look and and i'm the kind of person where if i feel like things are priced fairly I will like support a game that way. And it just feels a little pricey for what you get. And I think that ties directly to the um, graphics, which just, I'm not an eight bit guy. I I give it the benefit of the doubt. I can like look at it and be like, well, it's kind of cool. It's like Starcraft, you know? Uh, But at the end of the day, like I, I would preferred, it doesn't have to be like hyper realism, but I like more, um i like different art styles like the the pixel stuff isn't my preferred thing i don't really care for it in any game um so it's but but that's again personal preference i'm trying not to hold it by that standard um misses uh, you know i i it's hard to i i don't feel super good like calling that out yet um because i'm trying to give it some more time because at the end of the day for me it comes down to like does this game really capture my uh, brain and make me want to come back mm-hmm. and play it and i i am i think i told you guys before we started i actually didn't like it at first and it's been growing on me so i'm interested mm-hmm. to see where that goes um the biggest win and i'll just end it on this is that the game's hard <laughs> and as you guys know like i don't like when games feel spoon-fed and i also don't like when games um you know, feel too RNG focused or feel too, um, you know, out of my control. And I feel, I feel the control. It's almost, it's almost intimidating how much control you have over your own success in this game. Um, You're like there, there's nothing there's that's no going to mean that I lose except me. Right? Yeah. You have to be, con- you have, have to be nothing willing to blame, but myself, <laughs> yeah, you really don't. And like, I, I weirdly, you know, what's crazy is like, I'm so I've been playing. So, okay. This is probably bad. I've been playing a lot of like, Pokemon Unite, that's a team-based game. And, like, you know, there are times when I'm like, I didn't do that. My teammates ruined that for me. You know what I mean? Not, I'm not call- talking about my my real team. I'm talking about, like, when you play, you know, with randos. It's so much like, well, this idiot didn't show up to the fight on time. 
or this guy went and fed right before the end of the game or whatever. And it's so easy to deflect blame. Um, and this game, and, and even in some car, like Tesla, half the time, Tesla was like, well, I bricked my hand. You're not going to brick your hand very often here. You know, uh, you're not going to, I, I, I'm sure there's some more depth in terms of matchups and things that are favored, and not favored, but like, it seems that du- the duelist has done a really concerted effort towards <clears throat> making sure everything feels balanced. If you, if you're not good at this game, it's cause you're not, you know, th- there's no one to blame yeah. but yourself. It's because you didn't put the time in. You're not playing thoughtfully. Like if you lose a lot, it's your fault. And there's there's no way you're going to be able to talk yourself out of that. I, I totally agree with that. And I do think that is a, a good mark of this game. It has felt it's felt hard. Um well, well, we'll know a lot more in a couple of weeks how we really feel about it. Let's mm-hmm. let, next week, guys, come back and listen in. We're gonna talk about, you know, the process of building a collection, and we're excited to be playing this game a little bit over the next week as we chat about it let us know what you think head on over to discord and uh let us know if you're playing duelist 2 or if you're checking it out along with us it's been really fun to go on that adventure with members of our community through inscription and marvel snap so far so we'd love to have you dump into duelist 2 and play through a little bit of it with us and come hang out um that would be great so uh you know there's a description er, there's a link in the episode uh description or both our patreon page and for our um discord community we'd love to have you come over and join us over there check out some of the other shows we have if you are a unite player uh not only are these guys unite players but they also have unite podcast you can check out um aos airwaves we'll plug that go check that out and that's going to do it pretty much for this episode thank you guys for listening we appreciate you and uh be sure to come back again next week thanks for listening to this episode of legends cast you can join our podcast community by joining Discord using the link in the description of this episode. You can become a supporter of the show by visiting patreon.com slash camplegend. And don't forget to check out all of the other shows in the Camp Legend Podcast Network.